0: Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas.
1: Free is our favorite word. Oh. Like free refills. At Morgan & Morgan, our <laughs> fee is free. You don't pay anything unless we win your case. Injured? Call Morgan & Morgan. Forthepeople.com. It's free! Hot round! Red 7! Red 7! Red 7! dot what? Red seven. I don't know what red seven means.
0: I call
2: it the annexation of Puerto Rico. You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is going to work, do you? Oh yeah. Oh. That's what we call a sack lunch. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 Get me the ball. You need the ball.
0: Get me the ball. Get me the ball.
2: That's going to make the difference between winning and losing. Yeah. Yeah. Between living
0: and dying. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome into 11 personnel, Nick Roush here with Adam Luckett to get you ready for the Cats and the Miami Redhawks kicking off Saturday night at Kroger Field, 7 p.m. on ESPN Plus and SEC Network Plus. If you don't want to deal with the streaming, Luckett, just go to the Kroger. It looks like <laughs> weather's going to be pretty nice. Uh, you know, I might deal with a little... There's a scattered storm kind of hovering around, so we'll see what happens with that. Which which um, just means it's going to say cool.
2: It's going to say cool. It's going to be a rain dance. If you believe in rain dances, go out and do your little dance, make sure it's not there, or uh, just um, blame your your local
0: weatherman. Uh, I prefer the latter. Also, isn't rain dancing to get the rain to show up? I mean, who's to say, Nick? You know,
2: (laughs) I mean, people do their thing, and who am I to judge?
0: Uh, We are judgment free podcast unless we're talking about Scott Frost, Eli Drinkwitz, or Shane Beamer. Um, Then we will judge the hell out of you and condemn you for being a horrible football coach. But like I said, we're not here to talk about those losers. We're here to talk about the Cats and the Red Hawks. Like it, it feels like this has been a long time coming, but showing up to the Kentucky football practice facility the last few days has really got the juices flowing. Uh, we were there Monday for Mark Stoops' press conference. We were there Tuesday, or I was there Tuesday night, and just talking to the guys, the, the the sense of urgency is there. You know, fall camp it's it's a long drag, not just for us in talking season, but also for them. You know that they, they want to get the show on the road. There's an excitement in the air, and I, I like them. I I just can't wait to see some Kentucky football. Yeah, I think you get
2: this almost every fall camp. You're just ready; they're just chomping at the bit to go play a real football game. And we're all chomping at the bit to go watch a real football game and everything that comes with that. Right. So, a lot of excitement this time of year. Everybody except Nebraska and a couple other teams are, you know, oh all the, no. All the preseason hype and expectations, um, everybody's at their ceiling right now. So, we'll, and then it starts changing as we go week by week. So, really just excited to see everything like, excited to see Rich Gangarello offense, excited to see. What Will Levis looks like year two at Kentucky. Excited to see, like, Deion Walker. Like, we've heard all about Deion Walker. We ha- really haven't got to see him play. See what he looks like. See what kind of this new makeshift secondary looks like. So, that a lot of unknowns here. Excited to see what Barry and Brown could do with the ball in his hands. Um, get to see Dan Key after hearing about him, really, for, I mean, what is it? February started spring practice. I mean, it's been the Dan Key show for six months now. You know, so we finally get to see him playing a real game. So just a, there's a lot, a uh, lot to be excited about here. And we'll, we'll find out a lot Saturday night at seven.
0: It's, it's, it's going to be a great time. We're going to preview the game, make some predictions for the Wildcats, let you know some more about the Miami Redhawks from the Mac. But first we should touch on the news from early on in the week. Uh, as expected, Chris Rodriguez, not going to play on Saturday. Jordan Wright among those absences as well. Kentucky picked 17 captains, and three of them are probably out in game one with Kenneth Horsey banged up uh, from a preseason injury. it uh, we got a lot of word salad from Mark Stoops on Monday. And I, I'm just curious, what, what what do you make of the Heming and Holland that we received after we thought we'd get some clarity from the head football coach?
2: Yeah, I'm not really surprised. Uh, I kind of thought that's what we would get because um, it seems to be a delicate situation, whatever they're dealing with here. Um, there's a lot of people involved, it seems like, at, with the university. It's not just a football decision. I don't think Mark Stoops is making the call on the suspensions here.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. That, that, that was my biggest takeaway. Is He was really the, – the you called it a suspension. Like, I, th- there was a lot of – He fumbled to-
2: over his words
0: in there. Yeah. Um,
2: if I was the PR coach over at UK, I would have told him, you need to have a planned statement for what you're going to say about it before you get asked. So you so you don't get caught off guard with a question. You just get out. You get out the message how you want to get it out, right? Like, you don't get asked the question. You just go ahead and get put it out there early. You know what I'm saying? Instead yeah, of what, instead of instead of what we got. For, instead of waiting to be asked about it. Instead um, of,
0: oh, I knew y'all were going to ask me about this. It's like, well, duh. You, yeah. you know? That would, been,
2: that would have that would that was the one surprise I would have that he didn't just go ahead and get that out of the way. Well,
0: and if you have a carefully crafted statement too, then you can use precise words to backpedal and say, Hey, it's out of my hands. I've got bosses, bosses. He eventually kind of you know fumbled his way around it, but I think he wants to make it clear that if he could, he would have these guys playing, but it's out of his hands. He cannot say what the matter is either. It's um if you want to get into the legalese of it, there, there's there's laws in place protect student records. Uh, FERPA, it's the HIPAA of uh, academic records, if you will. It's the same reason why we never heard anything about the frat party fight last year, because that was a matter being ha- handled by the student code of conduct. And it was going to remain quiet. Their absences were going to be nothing less than just a, a summertime absence until police press charges uh, right before the season kicked off. So that's why we're not getting anything. Uh, Now it's just a matter of, well, we're going to find out when we find out, and it probably won't be until we get a new depth chart where where things might look a little different. And like it, I wouldn't be surprised if the depth chart went unchanged and then they just showed up on a game day dressed in full uniform. Like At this point, nothing surprises me. But except if Mark Stoops were to somehow just say they're going to be at X amount of games and that's when we're getting back. I, I don't think that's going to happen. We'll just find out one day that it's, it's, it's a go time for some of Kentucky's most valuable players.
2: We're playing the waiting game here. We'll revisit this on Monday. Um, I, I just don't know what more to say than that. Like, it's just – it seems like a complicated issue. So – Chris Rodriguez is not going to play. Nope. Jordan Wright's not playing on Saturday. I'm going by Matt Jones' reporting, which has seemed pretty accurate so far. We can expect Jordan Wright back next week, and then Chris Rodriguez is either going to be back for the Northern Illinois game on September 24th or the Ole Miss game on October 1st, and that's kind of where we're at right now. Uh, one thing Mark did was he kind of alluded to, like, multiple players being suspended, and then but then he said one will become – Come back. I think he kind of. I think it, it's two here. It's. I think we think it's Wright and Rodriguez. Um, at least players of note that would that would be playing in the game. So, and Wright's going to be back next week. We think. Um. So I think it's really just it's Chris after after this week. But yeah, you just just want to play in the waiting game. I don't really. I, I mean, I know it's frustrating to people, but like they're just they can't play this week. So. Yep. It just is what it is, and then we we got to move on. But I do believe, like, once we get through this, Nick, it's just people aren't going to – Yeah. Like, Jordan Wright and Chris Rodriguez are going to have to answer this at draft time, like when they have their interviews,
0: mm-hmm. when
2: they go to the combine and all that, or when they're at the senior bowl. Um, but other than that, I think everybody will move on after this. It's just getting through this this little patch here. Um, and that first patch is dealing with a Miami-Ohio team. That, Nick, when you look at on the offense – they have some stuff to scare you on offense, but defense, they're totally retooling. And it feels like on that end, it's a good matchup for a Kentucky offense that has a lot of new parts.
0: No, you're, you're certainly right. Um, and, and just to, to hit it a little bit more, because we did speak with Kavase Smoke yesterday. He got the nod as running back one, which could uh, come to surprise as many uh, for many of us who saw him. Maybe fourth or fifth in the pecking order. Yesterday, he was he was asked about this opportunity, and I I don't know the way the right way to put it, but he seemed a little put off that people were surprised that he's going to be running back number one, like that that the coaches recognized that he made a you know like that he was like that he had to make a conscious effort to change his habits. Right. Like that, that much was clear to everyone from the outside, but I don't think that's the case for smoke. So there's a, there's kind of a, I don't know. He's kind of a little like, it was very hard to describe, but he was, he was not uh, very happy with a lot of the questions. He's just ready to, you know, this is business as usual for him. Right. So I'm curious, if we're going to see a pissed-off Smoke play well. Like, I, I, just don't, I just don't know what we're going to get from this Cavassie Smoke because he's been a boom or bust back, and it's been a lot less boom and a lot more bust the last two years. Here's the thing with Smoke. Like, you're just – he's not an efficiency back. Like, he's just not – you're not going to
2: get what you get from Rodriguez. He's not going to get you in a lot of second and fives, second and fours, second and threes. You're going to have some second and eights. Um, for him to be successful – you have to have explosive plays. And we've seen a lot of really good backs in college fit his type of profile, but they can produce chunk plays. Um, with Smoke, that's just disappeared over the last two years, Nick. Um, and as a redshirt freshman in 2019, he showed some real pop as an explosive runner with seven rushes of 20 plus yards on 101 attempts. Over the last two years, he's gotten 128 total attempts and just has three rushes of 20 plus yards. Mm. Like that's all it is with smoke. It's that like, he's got to provide pop. If he can't provide you these chunk runs, you got to find somebody more efficient in there or somebody that can provide the chunk runs. Um, I think the combination Ramon Jefferson is appealing because he did both at San Houston state. Mm -hmm. Um, He had a success rate over 50%. He had an explosive run rate over 20%. That Like is really, really good. Um, So you know those numbers are going to dip, obviously, at this at SEC level, but he can just provide a little more there potentially. So that's why he was intriguing to me, um, and so that's where that's how you got to kind of manage manage that. Um, Smokus had good moments, right? We've seen yeah. him; he played good against LSU last year. I thought he best game of his career, I think, happened last year against South Carolina. Um, you know, we remember the touchdown run early. I thought he was really patient, ran behind his pads. Um, and he gave Kentucky some good looks when Chris was dealing with fumble issues and he had a run late to kind of ice the game or set up the game to be iced by Chris Rodriguez at the end, um, where it was like a third and four. He, he did a good job hiding behind his box and he go forward for a first down in a big spot. So we've, we've seen good moments from him. It's just the consistency and the durability we haven't seen, um, but he's getting the first crack here. And I, I think it's a, an ode to him by the coaching staff for sticking around and sounding like he's had a good fall camp. He's been available Mm -hmm. all of camp, Yep. Uh, but I think it's going to be short leash. I mean, there's other guys they got in that room and they they got to find the hot hand and ride the hot hand. Um, And I think that's what Scangarello is looking for. I mean, if you follow the 49ers at all, that's kind of their MO. They just, they plug a guy in. There could be a leading rusher one week. That's not a leading rusher the next week. Um, It's just, they just kind of, they're very uh, flexible in that regard. And I think that you're going to see a situation with Kentucky like that because they've got three backs right now. When you look at Jefferson, Smoke, and not not Lavelle Wright, uh, and Jatama claim that they feel like they can play winning football with. And so we'll just have to see how it all shakes out. And it starts Saturday.
0: The uh... – the thing too, about having a short lease is it's not like a quarterback situation where uh, we've got a fun one brewing up in Michigan, but you, you can have a, a quick hook with backs. Yeah, you, no doubt. Yeah. You, you can have a quick, I mean, that, they rotate regularly. This is nothing new. So going to be fun to, to watch. As you mentioned off the top, what the offense looks like, how much more outside zone are we going to get? Um, you know, the, There's a lot of mystery out there. There's some mystery with the offensive line. There's going to be a lot of tight ends. Uh, We're we're chomping at the bit to to see what a Rich Scangarello offense looks like. So we'll we'll get our first taste on Saturday. Even though they will keep it relatively vanilla, that's that's how this works. Um, But that's that's just like I said. that, That that's how this works. They're going to keep it vanilla. But they should still be able to produce some points. We'll get to that in just a moment. But first, look. So let's take a closer look at what the Miami RedHawks do and what they do well. Uh, there was a lot of transfer portal turnover. This is, you know, this is the, the kind of place where you expect a lot of portal turnover in the MAC. They did go to a bowl game. They won the Frisco Bowl over North Texas. Uh, finished second in their division in the MAC and picked to finish first this year. With Blaine Gabberts, Will bro, playing quarterback for the Redhawks. What more can you tell us about him, Market?
2: Yeah, I think uh, first things first. Like Miami, Ohio, their best, their biggest strength last year was their defense. They ranked in the top fifty nationally in points per drive allowed. They ranked top ten nationally in tackles for loss. It was a big havoc defense, and a lot of that havoc production is gone. Ivan Pace Jr. had like 130 tackles and 11 tackles, for, 13 tackles for loss as a Mike linebacker. He's up at Cincinnati this year. Cameron Butler is a player from Northern Kentucky. um, I believe led them with like 14 tackles for loss. He's at Virginia right now. Lonnie Phelps is a kid from Cincinnati, led the team in sacks last year. He's playing for Kansas right now. And then you add in some older players they lost in the secondary, and it's just a lot to replace. And it's not only that, Nick, um, they had had a co-coordinator situation couple guys that have been there for a while. Those two guys left. They're at Ohio this year calling the defense. So, Bill Breken, Bre- Brechen, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. He's been on staff at Miami for a long time, but this is going to be his first game calling plays as a defensive coordinator on Saturday. So, you have to thank Advantage Rich Gangarello here in just the, the matchup angle. You look at Miami, Ohio. Um, they have some experience in the defensive line, but it's not like there, it's nothing for you to really get scared of linebacker. is probably their two, their two most productive players are at linebacker and Ryan McWood and Matthew Salopek. The latter had like 115 tackles last year. He's a tackling machine, but in the secondary, they're totally retooling. They've got a couple transfers. They're throwing into the mix there, but they've got a lot of of the, it's like a four, two, five defense, three, three of the five players new are going to be new. And the two starters are redshirt sophomores who have played a little bit, but not a lot. And so when you match that up against an offense, and maybe like this is a good matchup, I guess, for a young offense, right, for young receivers Mm -hmm. to go against um, for a defensive line. And Miami is, at least last year, we'll see if anything changes under this new play caller, but you have to think it won't. They kind of have a system. Um, They're going to take chances. They're going to send blitzes. Um, They want to create negative play. So that should open opportunities for chunk plays. Last year against their three group of five FCS opponents, Will Levis had three pretty good games. Um, Chattanooga got a little rocky, um, but Mm -hmm. he made some big throws, and he threw all over ULM. He threw all over New Mexico State. Miami-Ohio is better than those teams, um, but I think you're going to see potentially a huge game from Kentucky's quarterback. I, I would expect a big, big number put up by Levis on offense, and really the real interesting matchup is probably on the other side of the ball. If you want to touch on
0: well, offense, just offense. quickly though, I, I think that the big thing, like you mentioned, like it the, a lot of turnover in the secondary. There, there's gonna be some busted coverages in some big plays, right? Like that. Yeah, you would have to think. Especially with big playmakers like Barry on Brandt, you know, as much as we talk about the new guys too, Tavion Robinson, he's gonna get a lot of targets. Well, and- yeah,
2: I think this is important. Like Tavion has like He can take one 70 yards. Like, he has that ability. He is – he can be a vertical weapon. Like, he's not just 15 yards and in, right? It's not just – you're just not – like, anything above a dig you're not getting from. Like, he can make some vertical plays in this passing game. And that's what really I'm excited to see. Um, I think he's getting lost in the shuffle a little bit here as the season gets closer just because we're all excited about Dankey and Barry and Brown, right? And You you know, you're forgetting about – this guy's probably – like. He's got a great chance to be like a third round track pick at receiver. Like he's really good and he's finally got a quarterback in a scheme that's gonna be tailor-made to his skill set. Like I think for him, it's gonna be exciting to see how they, you know, create touches for him. And he's gonna be kind of the go-to guy, I think, when the law offense maybe labors a little bit.
0: Well, and and that was the the point when we were speaking with him yesterday. Uh, he knows what he can do and do well. And he also knows that he's not Wondell Robinson, but he doesn't want to be Wondell Robinson. Like, there's a the we're going to get those comps that I mean, they got the same last name for crying out loud. They're playing the same position. Same, They're both yeah, power five position. transfers. It's Different very strengths. simple. Very simple for us to make those easy. You know, it, and that's how we like. Whenever we talk basketball, too, like a new recruit, you want to compare him to some other Calipari recruit because that's just what it's 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 easy for our brains to consume. But Robinson's a different player. Like you said, he's more vertical um, than Wandale. He's not going to get as many targets, but he can he can produce as many big plays as Mister Robinson as the previous Mister Robinson. And he catches everything. Um,
2: his drop pass rate was one of the best in the country last year. Um, this is a guy who's going to catch everything they throw to him. So that that's exciting as well, and that's going to lead, I think, Levis to even be m- even more comfortable with him. Um, so he uh, tight ends and the other the young receivers have kind of got all the storm, but I, or the, right, all the shine. Right. But I'm very interested to see him, especially against um, a make sh- or a new new look secondary like this. And I think people are going to see what right away. Like this is not necessarily I don't like. The way Miami, Ohio well, – the way I think they're going to play Kentucky is not the way you want to play this team um, because they're going to they're going to take chances and stunt. But if Kentucky's going to be able to get in 12 personnel, keep a tight end or two in the block, absorb some big pressures, um, and then they're going to be able to hit big plays with Levis at quarterback. So, I mean, so, Which, I project that to happen, but you need to see it to happen first with well, the offensive line. That's where that question comes in.
0: And then the other part is Levis's accuracy downfield, too. Like, yeah, if there, there was one big thing that he needed to work on offseason, it was that. Uh, that so. and
2: footwork. And it's all tied to footwork, right? Like, he's talked about that. That's that's what you want to see because that I think that's been a huge point for him. He knows he's got to improve that. And mm-hmm. so we'll see how it shakes
0: it's, out. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Could end up being a big day for the offense despite all of the uncertainties. When we go to the other side of the ball, look, it, it looks like Miami's a team that is going to want to air it out a lot and should test this secondary. One that a secondary that needs it. They they need a good test. And that's um that that's that's what Mark stoops. He he's been bullish on this the improvements from the secondary. Uh but he also he, he wants them to go out and earn it on day one, doesn't want anything to be given to him, and, and yep, they're gonna be challenged. Again. Yeah, um.
2: Dig into Miami, Ohio, they had a very close to 50 50 run pass split. And they probably should have leaned a lot more into the pass last year. Um, their passing game was pretty good. Now, the only thing is not super efficient. Like Gabbard had a completion rate at like 58, 59%. I mean, he's hovering around that for his career. But most of that is due, is they just take big swings. I mean, they're looking for a big plays. They're big play hunters on offense. So they, like, this is a team like I would, like, they're okay with. If they play a twelve possession game. They're probably cool with two, three, and outs if it means they're hitting a bunch of plays over your head. Um, so they're they are hunting for that. It's you know it's going to be like a very RPO heavy offense with looking for big plays over the top. They'll throw it over the middle. They trust Gabbert to make good plays, and their offensive line has been solid, specifically in pass protection. You know, and it's really experienced. I think combined, they have sixty plus starts returning on the offensive line. That's decent. Yeah, so so they're they're gonna be they're gonna be able to challenge Kentucky with their offensive line. So it's really seeing the secondary against this receiver core. Um, this receiver core is good. Nick, like Mac Hippenhammer is a Penn State transfer. He's a super senior. Like he's he'll be in an NFL camp in nine months. Like he's a good player. He's a little bit smaller, but he's got vertical speed and he can check, He can get behind the defense. Um, Miles Marshall was a transfer from Indiana. They got in um, like your prototypical six foot four boundary X receiver. Um, he's made plays in his career at Indiana. Like he's going to be able to make plays. Um, he's a solid receiver. They've got a slot receiver, Jalen Walker, who's I think another super senior. who's played a ton of football. And so like Gabbard's got, he lost his best weapon, Jack Sorensen, but they've got a lot of guys there um, waiting in the wings. And There's weapons for him to use on the ground they're uh, they've got a lot of running backs they've got good depth there um, but they're not like gonna scare you with their running attack it's more so to just keep it be balanced um, but but the passing game is really like it's worrisome um for kentucky specifically you sp- you spoke busted coverages on the other end you got to worry about that on kentucky for their end yeah. way kentucky one of, wants to play in the, the heavy zone and you have to like Use of Corker's not there anymore on the back. Right, and that I was mean, the
0: point I wanted to make was like Jalen Geiger's got experience. But like this is I had a new position. I had little worries
2: with Corker. I mean, nine times out of ten, they were going to be in the right spot because he was going to make sure. If he didn't, he was going to fight somebody on the field. I mean, we saw him and DeAndre Square throw people around last year. Um, Square's still there. He, he's going to get the front seven aligned. And I don't have any. I know they're going to be ready and in the right spots. But in that secondary, you have to, you know, is Geiger, can he be that guy? Mm-hmm. Um, Asian's seen everything. You, you got to bank on those two veterans, at safety, making sure everybody's where they need to be. But that that's a concern, I think,
0: well, to me. the one thing, though, like it is, Mark Stoops' defense, what they always do best is take away the big play. So, you know, that's going to be a point of emphasis going into this week. Where Absolutely. I really, where I worry about it is from a gambling standpoint, right? Because that number's in to 16. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love it uh we we mentioned it on the football podcast but uh like that's a seven point difference in the sp plus projection yeah that's like a a play that i would make even if it wasn't kentucky but what i worry about is miami's not going to start throwing when jordan Lovett gets in the game and he's you know waiting the second half and he's just playing overly aggressive and they catch him once you know like that. that
2: yeah when Mark Stoops put the twos in, they they give up those touchdowns Like, Yeah. I know. Uh,
0: that that's where I really I really worry about the backdoor cover. Uh situation. well that's why
2: if you're asking Adam, what, what what's your angle here? That's why individual team totals are nice. Like you like I'm looking at that Kentucky team total. Um the projected score is 35-19 with how the spread is right now, around 16 and a total of 54. That Kentucky team total is looking juicy to me. You just look at Miami Ohio like they're gonna they're gonna get Kentucky in some negative plays and whatnot but Kentucky's going to be able to hit big plays on them Which, so that should lead to a, a big night and so I'm, I'm I'm thinking even if Kentucky starts slow I could really see them kind of pile it on later in the game especially as they start to wear them out a little bit but so but they are going to be challenged at certain points and you know but it's interesting because you just haven't seen it you think they're going to be good but you need to see it And so that's the interesting matchup. It's kind of a strength on strength um, with Miami's Ohio and Kentucky's defense. But you really – the separator in this game really needs to be Kentucky's offense against Miami, Ohio's defense. That's where the large margin seems like on paper to me, but Kentucky's very young um, at certain spots. So you need to see them – like how does Jagger Burton and David Willabaugh Jr. hold up together at left guard? Left tackle. Can Jeremy Flax not be a turnstile on pass protection? Right, right. All, of, all, all, everything that goes with that. They can they get any? I know they're going to get chunk plays on the ground Saturday. Like they're going to bust a wide zone for thirty-five yards. Can they get efficiency? Can they? Can the back find something? Can they just make the simple cutback to give them six yards on a second and eight? Stuff like that to stay ahead of the chain, six ten drives. Because that efficiency last year was why UK was so good. Third down conversion, great and red zone touchdown rate it's because they had manageable situations to deal with. It was a lot of third and shorts. Um, they were staying ahead of chains in the red zone. So it was a lot of third and goals from the two, you know? Um, right. Right. So that, that is uh that, that's one thing to watch for. If, if Kentucky loses that efficiency, they really need that big play pop to pick them up. And this would be a great game. This is going to be a great barometer for that because there's, there's a lot of signs there saying Miami is, very susceptible to the big play with how they're going to take chances and with all that new all the new faces they have in the secondary. It should lead to some
0: explosive plays for Kentucky. Speaking of explosive, we got to get to an explosive segment. Brought to our friends at MyBookie. We're talking totals, a couple other different ways to play. You can't play in the state of Kentucky, though, unless you're playing with my bookie. Promo code KSR is how you're going to get. A bonus this fall. It's quick and easy. $250 deposit puts $500 in your account. That's right. They're going to double your initial deposit up to $250 this fall when you play with my bookie. Whether you're playing college football this weekend, we've got 16 games on Thursday, nine of them are going to be on TV. There's some really tempting, tantalizing games on Friday and a full slate Saturday. We also got games Sunday and Monday. And you know what? You can roll that into the Bills-Rams NFL kickoff a week from Thursday. You can play it all with our friends at MyBookie. Just put in the promo code KSR when you sign up. You'll claim a a bonus. They'll double your deposit up to $250. Going to add more excitement to the game and sports you love this fall. You can bet on team win totals. You can predict the Super Bowl winner use the my Bookie prop builder and secure the bag with my bookie look you brought all the up the
2: basketball Ben hey all the basketball Bennie's come at me for this take but like this is my favorite weekend of the year college football from Thursday through Monday night Thursday Friday Saturday you get like legit slights too like after this week the Thursday and Friday they usually stink like college wise it's not very great mm-hmm but you get it all weekend here, yeah, and you get yeah. this—the Sunday night labor, the Sunday night Labor Day Eve game is just Chef's kiss with LSU Florida State. It is the perfect oh. matchup. It's the perfect matchup. And then you get
0: spend uh, the day at the pool. The- you're a little sunburned. You've had you know some beers, well, and then you get you like get brought back to life once you see the Superdome yeah. uh, full of crazy Tiger fans.
2: It's perfect. Put the TV on the patio. Go out and get your cigar. Get some brown water.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Maybe order pizza or whatever food you want, or cook some steaks on the grill. I mean, it's it, this Ooh. is it. This is it. The one day, bad thing about living in Kentucky is we don't get the um, the full like my father in law in Florida. He's he gets to watch games on his patio in like late November, early yeah. December.
1: Right, right. We
2: don't get to do that. So like they, we have to take advantage early. This is a prime time window here. Um, Sunday night you get LSU, Florida State. It's just going to be. Beautiful, probably sloppy football, and <laughs> with my bookie pick three is here. We'll be back on Thursday with mr yep. Drew Franklin joining us. Combined four and two last week, so a good first week in week zero. And we're, I, I, I think I have my picks already locked in there, Nick. But I know you're I've probably got, still crunching I, the I, numbers.
0: I, I've got too many, um, so getting it down. To well, I've got so a lot of
2: picks, but I got three. I feel
0: pretty great about. about. Good. Okay. Okay. We'll we'll have those for you on Thursday because my favorite, my favorite pick of the weekend is Thursday night. I'm just we're we hammering Purdue. Yeah. hammer down, boiler up. Um, but I, I want to get your thoughts on uh this Saturday's game. I've created my own over unders and I'm also using one of the over unders. You touched on it earlier, the t- Kentucky team total 34 and a half points.
2: Yeah, give me that over.
0: Okay. All right. I love the confidence there. I felt like this was going to be a 40 point game despite the uncertainties with the offense. Um, but it's just when you
2: dig into it, it's just a really good matchup for Kentucky because of all the turnover Miami's dealing with. And the st- I, now some projection is going into this the way I think they're going to play. Uh, but it's a real, it just sets up really well. I think Will Levis is going to have a big day. And Will Levis' big day equals points on the scoreboard.
0: Well, and, and that gets me to the number. I was struggling on where would be a good line to draw because he did have a huge game in that opener for, I think it was like three, uh, actually I actually haven't pulled up right now, 367 yards in the opener, but he did only eclipse 300 one more time New the Mexico rest State. of the year. New Mexico State, he had 419. It's Over under passing yards, 295, like it. Over. I think it's like he could get to 350. Pretty wow. easily. Wow. Go ahead. Folks, just uh just drink, just take a pour this podcast in a cup and take a big swig of it right now. Just drink I it think, all like, the offense. It's
2: it's gonna we well, it's gonna be very much a like if you believe in Will Levis, you're gonna be like, see, see what he did. And then if you're <laughs> Faye Will Levis, you're gonna be like, Well, he's done this, like, let's see him do it against the SEC team because then they'll pull up the SEC stat. Right. Um, right. But that's exact I think, I think we're gonna see a big game from number seven. Okay. So, right. yeah, I'm all I'm, – for Kentucky to get to the points, I think it's got to have – Levis got to throw the ball around the yard a little bit. So, I think we'll see that.
0: Well, th- that's where these – the next three numbers I have are going to get a little bit more interesting. Uh Tavion Robinson over under five-and-a-half receptions. Over. Might get there in the first half. Where, where would you set the line that would be interesting? What, seven-and-a-half?
2: Seven Seven, seven. So just hard, hard
0: seven. Hmm. Seven feels
2: like the number here.
0: Well, well, well. Okay, okay. That. So, well, Adam Marcus is gonna go ahead and predict seven receptions for Tavian Robinson, folks. You heard it here. Heard it here. Seven first. for ninety-eight.
2: Seven for ninety-eight and a touchdown.
0: <laughs> this is great. I would just. Hey, why that do you even watch the game?
2: You just listen to me, and then you just you just leave. It's like a Vicky <laughs> Valencorn <laughs> off Waterboy. Well, that's a that's an interesting score prediction. How did you come up with that? It's not a prediction. That's
1: what it's going to be.
0: <laughs> oh well, here here's one that I, I I do. I'm not sure what to think. Tight end receptions, five and a half. Yeah, five and a half. Will we go over?
2: Well, a lot of this is just. I just think they're going to throw the ball a lot, and so I'm going to hit. I'm going to hit. Okay, I like get the yeah. I, yeah, I'm going to say over.
0: Okay. Okay. I just we're, – we're hitting a lot of overs today. This is, this is going to be a fun I mean, I hate, the curve. I don't
2: like this because I am a – I love a good underbet. I love sweating me out and under. Um, I'm thinking of just – I don't even care, but, like, the Rutgers-Boston College one is in the 40s. Like, why not sweat that out at Why not sweat <laughs> out that under? I love me a good, especially when the cold weather football gets in. Those are my favorite bets of the year. That Big Ten under forty four and thirty eight degree weather with ten mile an hour winds.
0: Oh man! Well, this one I I am going under hundred yard rushers, half. I just I don't I don't know if Kentucky's going to have a hundred yard rusher. Yeah, I'm under there with you. I I, think think uh, they're going to. They could have
2: a solid day on the ground, but I I think it's split carries. You don't see that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I think that.
2: I think, Nick, I got one. This could be a, there's a couple
0: big plays, you know.
2: Highest rush of the game comes from a wide receiver. High- biggest rush play.
0: Like either a, a Barry big, Brown
2: or Tavian Robinson. No, I think reverse. they're going to
0: pad the stats as a push pass. So I'm going to say no. Okay. I'm going to say the longest run comes from a running back. Yeah. Because the push pass is a great way to pad stats and efficiency and all that stuff. I like those. Yeah. I just think, um,
2: with some of that wide zone stuff, they could boot a little reverse off of it once they get them flowing, and then you get either Barron or Tavian out on the edge against this team. It's um, It could be trouble for the other side.
0: Uh, one more, because we know Miami is going to be passing a decent amount, and this is a point of emphasis for the Kentucky defense. Sacks. Kentucky defense sacks three and a half, over under. or under. Under. I just think this offensive line
2: is solid and Gabbard does a pretty good job of getting the ball out. He didn't take a lot of sacks last year. Um, so I think he's going to, they know they've, they've been reading Kentucky They know what kind of camp Kentucky's defensive line has had. Uh, they're going to make sure they get it out. Um, so no sacks. Um, the thing I'm big on is like, I think we're going to see some ball production. I think we're going to see interceptions and pass breakups. I think we're going to see Kentucky get their hands on the ball. Um, when Gabbert does throw it, but I think he's going to get rid of it. So I would say
0: under three and a half sacks. I would even go under three. So is, is are are you satisfied though if they only have two? Right, like is it still like a fine day if they're just Depends. getting like, in passing lanes, sort of deal? What's the,
2: yeah, what's the pressure rate? How many QB yeah. hurries
0: are they getting? Are they you know gotcha.
2: influencing the pocket? All that.
0: Well, look, it. I'm gonna we're gonna take a brief break. When we come back. Uh, NFL cuts were over the week and maybe we'll touch on a little college football in general don't go anywhere
1: hey it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just
0: download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels so whether it's cousin Kevin's
1: kazoo concert in Kansas City go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today your savings are waiting
0: Go to your happy place For a happy price
2: Go to your happy price, price line. It's only a kick A jump A block It's only a serve It's only a tackle A run It's only for the fans After all, it's only pressure You got this Adidas
0: We are back and better than ever, and Adam Luckett has you covered this Saturday. He's already told you what's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> Vicky Valancourt just knows what the hell uh, she's talking about. So, Luckett, we, we also need some more numbers, too, to be the best educated Kentucky football fans possible. What do you got for us?
2: Yeah, I've got some nuggets here on Miami, Ohio, Nick. Um, under Chuck Martin, they've, it's his ninth year. They've done a lot of good things. They've won a MAC title. They were a win on Thanksgiving weekend last year away from playing for another Mac title. Um, they're one of the favorites to win the Mac this year. But when they've played Power 5 teams, it hasn't gone too well. Now I threw Cincinnati into this because they play Cincinnati every year. That's a rivalry. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati might as well be a power five team. Um, it right. will be here soon. Um, under Martin, they are 0-16 against Power 5 teams in Cincinnati. 0-16 straight up. They are 8-8, 8-8 against the spread. Um, but that number is just one and four against the spread against ranked teams. They've, they've failed to cover four games in a row against ranked teams. Kentucky hasn't been great in season openers. One and six against the spread in the last seven under Snoop's. But the, in a recent form, they're 6-3-1 and one ATS in their last ten ballgames. Um, so if you're looking for hmm. reasons to make a play on Saturday or not, may, just maybe throw that into your algorithm. Do you Hmm. remember – so just keep that – just chew on that for a little bit. I'm chewing. Remember the Dow twins, class of 2015, committed to – Kentucky, or I don't know if they were committed or they flipped to Michigan State.
0: Were they uh, from St. Edward too? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I remember those guys.
2: Their little brother also went to Michigan State, but he just transferred to Miami, Ohio. He could be Hmm. a starting safety on Saturday for the Red Hawks.
0: Oh, that's a fun fact.
2: So that's a blast from the past. I also
0: saw that Marty Moore's a kid. Who I'm Mason. To that next. Yeah, a
2: lot of Kentucky natives on this Miami Ohio team. There's a few that could be that are going to be starting. Um, Eli Blakely, is a redshirt freshman out of Manual. He's contending for one of those safety spots there with with Dale. Um, Sam Vaughn, a redshirt junior tackle out of Lexington Catholic, started every game for them last year. He's going to be starting. Um, ben Jackson's another redshirt junior on the offensive line. He's out of George Rogers-Clark. He's kind of their third tackle, swing tackle. He will play. Um, So he's going to be in the rotation. Jack Coldiron is their starting tight end. Redshirt junior out of Covington Catholic. So they recruit the the state of Kentucky a lot. Mason Moore is a true freshman defensive back on the team. Um, Joseph Humphreys uh, was quarterback at Davis County County last year, Nick.
0: Oh, people love that kid.
2: Yeah, posted all kinds of ridiculous numbers. Had 65 Mm -hmm. total touchdowns. Took his team all the way. I believe to the quarterfinals of the state playoffs, where they lost to the reigning state champions, um, Louisville X Tigers. Um, but he's their quarterback, and he might emerge as their backup at one point this season, um, and then obviously more, more kids. So recruit, recruit the, the Bluegrass State a lot. So you're going to see some familiar faces. I believe Mark Story has a story up on mm-hmm. on Marty Moore and his son, and about Mar- how Marty's not cheering for Kentucky this week.
0: Mark Story having a story is kind of yeah Yeah. uh, the pun makes itself he he did uh he, he did speak to marty moore who's never thought he'd wear red at kroger field but hey
2: and then my last one here they have a van wilder ryan mcwood is a seventh year senior linebacker so seventh year in college he's had a couple injuries plus covid year he's played a lot of football he was in the same class as Luke Fortner, like if Luke would have had an injury, and came back. This would have been a seven-year. So let's pull up Kentucky's mm. recruiting and read off some of the players that were in Ryan McWood's recruiting class. So this would have
0: been 2017,
2: I believe. No, 2016. 2016. Yeesh. Yeah. So Landon Young, <laughs> Drake Jackson, <laughs> Cash Daniel. Um, let's see here. Let's see another. Gunner Hoke,
1: Gunner, Benny Hoke. Snell.
2: Benny Snell's recruiting class. Benny Snell's entering
0: a... his third year in the NFL.
2: Mm-hmm. T.J. Carter. Uh, that Boogie Watson. Those were those were some of the guys here. Grant McKinnis was an SEC punter, felt like, for a decade at Kentucky, Missouri. And he's now out of eligibility. But Guy Ryan McWood is still holding it down up there in Oxford. And I'm sure um, he's had a good time in college. Miami, Ohio. Some... They you can yeah. speak to their campus. It seems like a pretty fun school.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a uh... – it's a big Greek campus as well. Very old school. Um, they also have a, a a deal where even if you aren't a, a Greek student, they even have like houses that, like this house is the volleyball house. This house, and they kind of pass them down through. You know, whether you're an organization or yeah, uh, you're you're in a different athletic club. Like it's very much a. It's very old school in that regard where it's like, this is the way things work and we're just going to keep doing them. They have their big green beer day. They have their, yeah. their, their, uh, their uptown area. Uh, the so, one time I partied there, uh, Gordon Hayward randomly showed up when he was with the Celtics fresh out of wow. well, no, no, he was with the jazz at the time. Jazz. He was fresh yeah. out of Butler. Um, so yeah, it was uh it's a, it's a it's a it's a big party
2: place something about those south and southeastern ohio schools like miami ohio
0: ohio yeah. dayton
2: everybody that goes yeah. there loves them and says they're so much fun to go to go to school there um, it's kind of like you know you get that small college town feel um, but mm-hmm. it's not like none of them are like super far from cincinnati right like you can get to the big city and all those in a half hour um well big city cincinnati but uh,
0: uh, right, but you can have the big area. city amenities, you know. You can you yeah. can take a day or a weekend or whatever to go party there. Um but uh it's a it, it it's also one of those too where they they have a – like so there's a strong like I, I have a feeling we'll get a decent amount of Miami fans traveling, like they yeah, have a no strong doubt. football fan base, just like uh Dayton has a really strong basketball fan base, you know, like it it's that, the most
2: storied it, program in the Mac. They have won um, the most MAC titles, they have the most wins. They have the most conference wins. They have the most bowl wins. Like it is the historically, it is the program in the MAC.
0: And history could be made on Saturday, where I know we're m- making a bigger deal about breaking the Bear Bryant win mark, but just to tie it, it's still um, Mark Stoops isn't one to self reflect on it. But if you do look back on. Like, it is pretty nuts that we're in the midst of watching a dude just break Bear Bryant records, you know? Like, I, I grow, growing up at the time that we did, we saw some successful Kentucky football runs. But that's – you just thought that that was the peak, right? You thought seven wins was the peak. Maybe you get ranked for a little while. Maybe you go to, to a hum-ho bowl game. But now it's – hell, we, we had our entire 12-person KS, KSR crew pick – the season and no, nobody picked worse than nine wins. I mean, it is a it is a fun time to be a Kentucky football fan, and I, I hope everybody is enjoying it, is, is reveling in it because it does not. This this is very rare uh, for Kentucky football fans.
2: Yeah, I mean, Mark Stoops, I think, deserves every recognition, honor, whatever you want to give him. He's been like, this is like if he stays here, it's gonna be his program, right? Like, like yep. Frank Beamer is at Virginia Tech. Um, and like others are like that, like Mike Gundy will be at Oklahoma State. But I think it's confirmation, too, just for people like us. There is a, you know, not a huge fraction, but a, a faction, but a, a significant one that believed that it could happen, that followed college football closely and saw other programs have success um, and believe Kentucky could do it. Like they had the resources to do it. Um, the university, uh, Finally committed. I mean, we can talk about that in the past, how they, you know, things. I'm not going to get into that here, but they committed and you got a coach and you invested in him and you're seeing what, ha- like, you're seeing what's happening. Um, it, it can happen here. It, it can happen here. Like, I don't think this has to be a flash in the pan. It can happen here for a long time. You, you know, you have to make smart, good hires just like anybody else. Um, you, you can't overreact to things. You have to see the long game, but it, it, it can happen here. And, like, we're entering a run where Kentucky set up – They built their roster building has been good enough, Nick, where if they just hit, hit at quarterback and if they have a difference maker at quarterback, they can contend or win in the SEC's division as long as a team in their division is not a national championship caliber team. And if Georgia takes a step back, potentially that can happen, you know. And I think you're entering a year that you're hoping Will Levis is that, and you're hoping Georgia takes a little bit of a step back. Kentucky can be – they can have seasons ranked in the top 25, and it doesn't have to be one every 25 years. They can do that consistently throughout a decade. And I think you're just seeing that play out. And it's just it's, – it's, you know, not, my brother told me this the other day when um, the uh, all the Snoop stuff was going on. And, like, he was like, you were, being a Kentucky football fan before, being a Kentucky football fan was cool. Now it's cool to be a Kentucky football fan, and that's <laughs> that's pretty awesome.
0: Oh man, I uh, I'm excited to get things kicked off this weekend. You know, we're we're gonna have a ton of games to watch elsewhere, but but the real show is at Kroger Field, right? You know, yeah. I, I'll turn on College Football Final when we get home about two a.m. and and get my recaps of you know Oregon and Georgia or whatever. You know, like we'll 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 be able to play catch up elsewhere. Um, but the 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 real show yeah. is Saturday night at the Kroger.
2: Who is going to make us laugh while we're in the press box or on the drive home? Like what? What team falls in their face? That's really what I'm looking forward to the most. Hopefully, it's oh, not Kentucky. I, think I Kentucky, really want it.
0: I really it to be a Louisville. I mean, yeah, is it like <laughs> live dog Dino, live dog Dino. I mean, that would be a joy. Shane Beamer. Be- that yeah. would be a lot of fun too. Um, Vegas
2: is. I just keep telling people this. Vegas is daring you to take just they're just wanting you to take Louisville. just take Louisville it's cheap price cheap price on the road they've smothered Syracuse every matchup but when you dig into it Nick this is Syracuse's first time hosting Louisville since 2018 they have played three games in a row at Cardinal Stadium in that series yeah, that's bizarre it's because of the COVID thing the ACC mm-hmm. they got rid of divisions that one year added Notre Dame and they didn't alternate schedules after that so it got of, you know it got wonky there, Syracuse gets them in the dome. They get them early. You dig into Syracuse, they've got a solid offensive line. They got an offensive coordinator from Virginia. Lowell had no idea how to defend them last year. You know, and their defense, they run that 3 defense that can be a pain in the ass to deal with. And they're, you know, they're healthy. <laughs> right. So that is the one I, I obviously I'm looking at. I think Georgia, like, what is South Carolina? They like, they're a lot like Kentucky. Um, that they just got, they have a lot of new parts on offense, and like I just think you have more faith in Kentucky's offensive coordinator than what South Carolina has. So that one, that one is interesting, and there's there's always going to be one that comes out of nowhere that surprises us. So I'm just I'm excited to see what that yeah. is.
0: Looking forward to it, man. It's going to be an awesome weekend. Uh, play along with us by using my bookie promo code KSR. Double your deposit up to $250 when you play. We appreciate y'all tuning in 11 personnel. We'll be back every single Wednesday. Wednesday is our new day throughout Kentucky football season. We'll be looking ahead to the next opponent. The KSR football podcast will be a Monday. You can hear Freddie on Sundays. And then – uh a little pick three, sharing some picks on your Thursday afternoon. So we'll have it all on Apple Podcasts, also on YouTube, all over the place where you can find us. Make sure you're subscribed. And can't wait to see you all Saturday. Feels good to have football back. We're all the Literally way back. back.
2: Yeah, we're, we're all the way back. Oh. I cannot wait. Enjoy this weekend, everybody. It's going to be fun.
0: Go Cats and go Cobra.